My friend, I am such a big believer that your mindset is everything. It can really dictate if your life has meaning, has value, and you feel fulfilled, or if you feel exhausted, drained, and like you're never going to be enough. Our brand new book, The Greatness Mindset, just hit the New York Times bestseller back-to-back weeks. And I'm so excited to hear from so many of you who've bought the book, who've read it, and finished it already, and are getting incredible results from the lessons in the book. If you haven't got a copy yet, you'll learn how to build a plan for greatness through powerful exercises and toolkits designed to propel your life forward. This is the book I wish I had when I was 20, struggling, trying to figure out life. 10 years ago, at 30, trying to figure out transitions in my life, and the book I'm glad I have today for myself. Make sure to get a copy at lewishouse.com slash 2023mindset to get your copy today. Again, lewishouse.com slash 2023mindset to get a copy today. Also, the book is on Audible now, so you can get it on audiobook as well. And don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. When you're an actor and you've been out of work and you are living paycheck to paycheck, as we we do, and you're self-employed, you've seen the bank accounts go from you know zero and back down to zero and up and down. I think you always kind of feel like it's about to end. There's that. And then there's also trying to get better and trying to get another part that's even more challenging. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business you can also earn up to 395 dollars in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT 
fatigue costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. I am very excited about our guest. We have the inspiring, the iconic, the legendary Kevin Bacon in the house. Good to see you, sir, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I um, I live in Los Angeles, and uh, I've been here for about 10 years. And I remember when the first year I moved here, maybe it's been 12 years now, the first year I moved here, I saw you. I saw you. We were eating at some restaurant in, I can't remember, West Hollywood somewhere. And I remember seeing you, and I remember thinking, this is one of the most connected men in the industry, in this city, and probably in this world. And I was uh, probably connected to my pasta at that moment. <laughs> exactly, you were connected. I can't remember you were you were with someone having a meeting or something, and you know, no one interrupted you, which was nice to see. But I remember saying, "This guy has done a lot of amazing things as a musician, as an actor, as an artist, as a creative human being." But beyond that, you've really built incredible relationships with people, and for. Over three decades, you've been extremely successful because, in my opinion, not only that you have this incredible talent and gift as an artist, but because you treat people well, people speak highly of you, you connect people, you're of service to people. And that's one of the things that I really respect and appreciate about you. Obviously, I don't know you, but that's your reputation of being a good, kind human being while also being an iconic superstar, I think is really hard to find. And so I'm just grateful that you have led that way and led that path. And I'm curious, did you always think about building relationships and connecting early on before you got into your career? Or was it more like, let me drive my talent, become the best musician I can be, become the best artist I can be, and then realize that relationships and networking and, and actually being kind and generous to others was going to help me in my career? Well, I guess I would say that um, it's a little bit of a, comb a combination, although the being kind part is not something that I actively uh, think about or pursue. You know, my mother was a very kind person, and I think my father was also, uh, while he was an intensely self-involved person, and I got that <laughs> from him, <laughs> um, he, 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 he also, you know, was fundamentally a, a, a kind person and was, and was kind to the, and respectful to the people that he would meet. So it's not even something that I go, I wake up every day and go, Hey, you know, let's try to be compassionate. It's, it, and, 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 um, you know, understanding of, of what other people's positions may be. It, it's not something of that I I think about it's just something that was kind of inherently there from my parents and and you know that being said listen you know I have moods I reach my limits I mm -hmm. I've blown people off I you know in another situation you know someone will say come up to me and say you know I remember once you know in an elevator and and uh, you know you 
you were really nice to me. And, and, you know, I think to myself, well, I'm so glad that they remember that, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that offer some memory. You know, you were a real, I mean, you know, or people have a different perception of that or whatever. You know, somebody once said, this is a kind of a corny showbiz thing, but if, if you are famous and you run into somebody, um, you know, you won't remember this, you'll remember this, this interaction for 10 seconds and those people remember for the rest of their lives, which I find mm-hmm. happens a lot. I mean, a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, we were once whatever in a steam room together or something, you know. <laughs> right. um, sometimes, by the way, these are completely hypocritical stories. There's some guy that had a story about me, um, like, getting mad at him because uh, I was having a haircut and he looked at me the wrong way. I mean, it's some kind of crazy <laughs> stuff I don't even understand. The drive really was there from a very, very young age. Um, I, I'm the youngest of six, and mm. I was really lucky. I was actually literally just talking to my wife about this today. Uh, I was the youngest of six, and there was a big age gap between uh, my, my uh, closest sister and me, eight years. So I'm you know, kind of a mistake. In a, you know, a family of five, you don't wait eight years and then have a, another one. I mean, you'd have yeah. to be out of your mind. Um, and uh, so... I had this amazing audience, and I had a group of with your people. siblings. You mean my siblings? Si- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, and and you know, nature or nurture. I remember from my earliest days that when I walked into a room, I wanted people to look at me, and I wanted to entertain them. I wanted to either make them laugh or make them listen to me or put on some kind of a show for everybody that I would in- interact with, starting with my, my siblings. But not only that, they were incredibly supportive of whatever I would do. They were like, that's so funny, that's so great. Yay, Kev, yay, Kev, yay, Kev. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, like I had, a, I had a, right away, I had an audience that would really enjoy, enjoyed what I was doing and parents that were supportive of what I would do. So a lot of people, a lot of artists that reach a certain level of success, you often hear about how um, they rose out of uh, their, their, their artistic creation and expression came out of pain and tragedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying that I didn't have painful things. I do uh, and, and, and have had, you know, tragedies and, and loss and all that stuff. But I also think that it's possible to that in in my situation, a lot of where where what I got to was because I had a ton of support for the thing that I was doing and wanted mm. to do, and um, I think you know that's something that I really feel a tremendous amount of gratitude for. But hand in hand with that was for sure a drive, a strong drive to become successful. Actors don't like to admit this. I wanted to be rich, famous, get girls, uh-huh. have a big house. I wanted want my face on magazines, on billboards. I wanted all that stuff. It, was, it wasn't until I started studying and understood that um, there was a craft to this thing that I figured out that it was something that I had to work hard at being good at. But the thing that drove me to it was just, you know, treasure. The external, the fame, the, the success, external. the acknowledgement, the money, the opportunities that come from all it. Of were, it. You, 
were you more driven to be an artist then early on and to master your craft and and inspire or entertain people like your you know your siblings or you know the local school or whatever it might be that you're performing at or were you more like drawn to the billboards and the magazines and the fame and you said oh this could be the path to getting there i think i was more drawn to the to the magazines the billboards and the fame i didn't think so much about the past but the artistry was when i made the decision to become an actor and i walked into an acting class and or i picked up a guitar and i went both of those things are hard right it's not <laughs> it, it's <laughs> It's not, it, you know, I, yeah, I guess there's people who are quote unquote naturals, mm-hmm. but all of this stuff takes work. You gotta work at it. And I knew that right away. And I was blessed with a very strong work ethic. Uh, I was never looking to cut corners. I was never, I, I wanted all this big stuff, but I was never looking for the easy road in. I always have thought, you gotta put it. This is another thing I got from my parents. This, uh, I, I should, you know, they would love this podcast. If they were alive, they would love hearing this. Um, I, 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 they, both of them were like, go through the steps, go through the steps, whatever it is. You know what I mean? If you, if you get a, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a toy that you have to build, you know, a, a model airplane. You just don't just try to put it together because you you want to look at the the picture and make it look like that. Go through the steps and learn mm-hmm. how to do it the right way. And I realized when I walked into an acting class that, well, two things. One was that this was something that I was meant to do, and mm-hmm. something that I felt even before I knew even what the word therapy was. I found it very therapeutic. One of the things I was you know hearing you say just a moment ago is about how if your parents are around, they would love this, this episode, this podcast, this interview. And um, I'm hearing kind of the lessons that you've picked up from them and from your family. I'm curious, what's the biggest lesson from both mom and dad that still stick with you today and that made a massive impact on you growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of touched on it before, but I would say that my mother really taught me lessons about um being a at least attempting to be a good person and compassionate Mm -hmm. and to um you know live your life and think about people that um you know are not as fortunate as you are or try to understand someone's point of view uh not judge Mm. people by the way that they look or the color of their skin or what they're, you know, <laughs> the way they talk or, or where they're from or whatever these, you know, things are. She was, she was very much like that. My mother was an interesting character because she was raised, uh, as a park Avenue socialite. Wow. Um, her family, uh, was wealthy. Um, by the time I was born, all of it was gone. Uh, mm, she really, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that, uh, she also somehow uh, felt a sense of, uh, I think shame about the, 
you know, we didn't, nobody even really used the word privilege, but the privilege that she had come from. So by the time she met my father, she was um, working with the poor with poor people in in Flint, Michigan, and really devoted her life both to early childhood education, but also to um, uh, the poor and mm. and uh, uh, people in the prison system. For instance, she mm. went into the Philadelphia prison system and and uh, built a a playroom that could be utilized by the children and the prisoners on a, on a visiting day when the kids would come, there would be stuff for the, for the p- prisoners to interact with their, with their, with their children, which is kind of like a crazy idea, but they sure. had all kinds of games and things that they could be, be doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, she started uh, nursery schools and housing projects and, and all that kind of stuff. And she really completely pushed back any kind of uh, consumer uh, uh, she 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 did she had a, she went the opposite direction of anybody that was in pursuit of wealth or nice clothing or uh, private really? schools or or good food or restaurants. She just it it, it horrified her. All of she that went stuff. the opposite of that. She went the opposite of but, that. But that's what and, you wanted to go towards, right? Exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly true. That's exactly true. So when, uh, when it, you were when you were asking, saying, "Hey, I want to be rich and famous, and you know, on magazines and billboards and awards," was she saying, "Hey, that's not the way"? Or was she? Supportive? I would never tell her that. I would never <laughs> have told her that. Right. I'd never. I. That's something that I never would have even begun to mention to her. But I can tell you that um, she also had very, very strong. Uh, uh, activist kind of political ideas and she was very anti-war and mm-hmm. very um into the civil rights movement she used to take me to marches on washington as a little boy and marches against the vietnam war and in about probably 1974 or so uh we were just starting to kind of I guess get out of Cambodia. I don't remember how long we we were stayed in Cambodia, but the Vietnam War was essentially over. But I think we were still bombing Cambodia, and um, I got an offer as a as about a fourteen or fifteen year old kid to do a uh, commercial for uh, the ROTC or to do a recruitment mm-hmm. uh, a, a military com- a recruitment commercial about a kid doesn't know what he wants to do with his life Mm -hmm. it was was just going to be used in in philadelphia where where i grew up and it was maybe like i don't know a couple hundred bucks or something like that for the day so this is more money than i ever dreamed of as a 14 year old yeah yeah (laughs) i was like this is amazing i'm doing it i told my mother she didn't speak to me for a week she thought that i had uh uh crossed a moral uh boundary from which i would never return because i was supporting the industrial military complex wow. and i was profiting profiting from it and as a 14 year old kid you know it, it was she was very angry with me she really was and it was it's it's interesting but it's also interesting in that i believe uh there's a whole other discussion but i believe that children and certainly boys have to have a moment where they break away from their mother. Mm. You know what I mean? 
I think it's kind of essential that it happens in some way at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that was the moment for me. Um, wow. My father, on the other hand, was not uh, a wealthy person like my mother, but he was very, very drawn, not to fortune, because they almost both kind of looked down on the pursuit of money as being uh, not really worthy. But he was very into um, being famous. And mm. or let's put it this way, he 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 got a lot. He was a he was kind of a big deal in Philadelphia because he he was the the uh, the chairman of the of the Philadelphia Planning Commission. So as and and a pretty well known city planner. So as a result, he was often you know in the papers when they decided to whatever you know revitalize a neighborhood or move an expressway or you know whatever happened to be in terms of city planning and he was i could tell right from the from the beginning that he was totally into his own press you mm-hmm. know what i mean and his own like uh, um uh notoriety and people would stop him on the streets and and say ed ed you know uh, either I, I hate what you're doing or i like what you're doing or you know whatever it was but he was kind of like a you know, a little bit of a celebrity in in, mm-hmm. in a in in that pond of you know Philadelphia. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there 
too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so from him, I think I got that drive to uh, be well-known. And mm. I definitely think I wanted to be more well-known than him. Well, you made that happen. That's for sure. I did. <laughs> when was the, I wanted to make sure I, I go back to what we talked about just before this. When was the moment for you when things started to transition from wanting to be well-known and modeling kind of what you saw from your father uh, to fame and riches and, and success into, let me actually just focus on also mastering the craft, the artistry that you have done so beautifully over the last three plus decades what well, how was, old were you what was that moment like yeah i mean i was living in philadelphia and i was in high school and i wanted to um study acting so i started to find theaters where uh i could take acting classes oftentimes in in situations where people were a lot older than me they weren't even really like kid classes they were like you know, I was apprenticing at this theater and they were also, you know, teaching acting to uh, people in their 20s and 30s, you know. And um, so I would take acting, I would take uh, scene study and, and all of a sudden I went, okay, this is really about getting um, better at the things that I'm doing. And, and also the content that I started to uh, uh, absorb entertainment-wise moved from the monkeys and you know uh i dream of genie you know to um brando and montgomery clift and then a little bit later on the films of scorsese and dustin mm. hoffman i remember seeing a double feature when i was when i was young it was like a, a theater and a dollar theater in my neighborhood where they would do second runs and it was a double feature or maybe they were spaced out over a week, but it was Midnight Cowboy and um, and The Graduate, both of which starred Dustin Hoffman. And I looked at these two performances, and when I, I saw Midnight Cowboy first, and I thought to myself, I looked at him and John Voight, and I thought, whoa, where'd they get the homeless guy to be in the movie? And where'd they get the cowboy to be in the movie? Mm. I, I, it, I didn't understand that... The, that and then when I saw The Graduate, I thought, oh, my God, that's the same guy playing like a preppy kid. And I thought, wow, OK, this is what the art is about. And that's mm. the thing that I want. So by the time I moved, moved to New York when I was 17, by the time I moved to New York, it was Mean Streets. It was Sidney Lumet. It was, you know. Uh, De Niro and and Al Pacino and Meryl Streep and John Casales and 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 Voight and Nicholson, you know what I mean? All all the seventies edgy movies and edgy what were kind of thought of in some ways as like the New York actors. These are the people that I aspire to, and right away I was in acting school in um, in New York. And I realized that, uh, you know, this was something that was that you could get really good at if you worked really hard. Mm, interesting. And was theater, too. 
theater because you know i didn't when i was younger i didn't really think that much about theater i mean i mm. i was like well it's just a way to get it on tv or something like that you know but but uh all of a sudden i was like okay i want movies and i want theater i don't even want tv i want nothing to do with tv right. Interesting. this is like the 70s it was a different tv was different right i just want movies and i want theater what was it as competitive then as it is now that it seems like more and more people are getting into entertainment, acting, TV, movies. There's so many different mediums and platforms to to share your art now. Or was it less competitive back then? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, more or less. It seemed competitive to me. I mean, right. I, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I would go to open calls you know you, you um i was able to get into the uh the stage actors union equity when i was pretty young i did, and you could go down to the equity office and they would have uh, uh you know a bulletin board that would have open calls or you could get uh there were two newspapers one was called backstage and one was called i can't remember what the other one was and and you'd you'd look in the back and there would be these open calls and and you know I'd go to it and they'd say we want a guy you know in his teens and there'd be you know whatever lines around the block um so yeah it definitely it felt competitive and i don't know more or less i'm, I'm sure. not sure sure when was the moment where you felt like oh this thing that i've wanted for a long time this fame this recognition this you know everyone aware of who i am the success the money when did that actually hit you where you said, oh, it's happening? It hasn't hit me yet. Really? <laughs> no, you know, I don't ever think I'm there. You know? Come on, I mean, really? I, I, no, I really, I'm, 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 and I'm not just, you know, uh, being silly. I just, there's always something else to kind of aspire to. There's places mm. that I want to go. I mean, I'm going to have to start to, uh, at some point, except um, that I'm, you know, the like I'm good with what I've done. I mean, it's I kind of go back and forth on it, you know. But but I think that when you when you're an actor and you've been out of work and you are mm -hmm. uh, living paycheck to paycheck as we we do and you know, you're um, self-employed. You've seen the bank accounts go from, you know, zero and back down to zero and up and down. I think you always kind of feel like it's it's about to end and that there's that. And then there's also, you know, trying to get better and trying to get another part that's even more challenging. Wow. And, and um uh you know there's you know i mean i guess you know that being said i think that i'm at a point now where i've i've hung in there long enough mm. that people are going to cut me a little bit of a break and they'll probably just keep me around just because i've hung in there so long <laughs> well you know they're not I mean? going to keep you around because you've hung in they're going to keep you around <laughs> because you're talented and you're good to people and you're hardworking well, and you show up, you're a professional. I, I know. I do think that there is, <laughs> there is something about longevity though. I mean, people say, what's the secret to longevity? And I say, that is the secret if you, because at some point 
it gets to that thing where you do something that somebody likes and then they kind of go, you know, I always liked him. Or even though up until that point, they never did. You know what I mean? It's kind of, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. I don't so you know. never felt you know, there was a moment when you were on billboards and at the cover of magazines as. No, I mean, know. I think there's moments of um, excitement. I think that uh, probably when I was younger, I didn't have the ability to um uh enjoy them or to really? even flag them or to even sort of embrace them because well, a couple of things about that one is that i really don't have a rear view mirror i'm like always with my pedal to the metal looking down the road at what the next thing is going to be if you could go back to you know 23 24 and if you could give yourself a piece of advice about what's about to happen and how to manage the success, the fame, the self-sabotage that you started to do afterwards and everything in between, what would you say to your younger self? I think I would have said, um, embrace it as much as you possibly can because the thing that you learn after being in my business for a long time is that if you're associated with things that make money, then you get more opportunities. It's kind mm. of a, it's, I mean, it's kind of an obvious notion, but I was less interested in being associated with something that made money as <laughs> I was inter, inter, to be associated with something that people considered as artistic excellence. And I think that if you at least for a while embrace the idea of something that makes money that then within that framework, you will get more and more opportunities to mm. show this artistic excellence for a lot of years. I think I kind of self-sabotaged and squandered them. I mean, the choices mm. that I made were not great. And the, and the movies started bombing like left and right and center, just one after another, after another, after another. And so I, I started to feel myself, you know, kind of slipping away both from the financial side of it, but also from the artistic, artistic side. Interesting. Of it. Um, I also think if I could have given myself a piece of advice, and this is about a lot of stuff, it would be to take advice because honestly, mm. I was a kid even before I started who just thought he knew that knew everything. You know mm. what I mean? It's like, I, I didn't want advice. I didn't want I didn't want advice from people that knew a lot more about this business or even about life than I did. I just was somebody that thought they knew everything. And uh I didn't, you know. So if there had been somebody at that point in my life saying, you know, schmuck, don't do this, do this. This is the this is this is gonna be a good one. You know what I mean? And if I had put myself in the hands of someone that was you know, willing and able to do that, but I really was like, people got the got the impression very much. I'm talking about, you know, first off, I didn't have a manager for a really long time, but really I'm talking about agents and 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 lawyers. You know, I just was like, no, 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 I got this. You, you, you know what I mean? Don't tell me. Um, um, you know. So I think that uh, you know, I mean, I probably could have used some help some more coaching advice some wisdom why do you yeah. why do you think you i mean you mentioned that you were just making kind of poor choices that was you know 
I think you said in your word was like a bomb or flop. It was Mm -hmm. going downhill in some of these movies. Mm -hmm. Did you know, like in your mind, oh, this is going to be a hit? Or did you feel like, oh, I'm just want to go against what everyone's telling me to do because they don't know. So I'm going to go after my own, you know, thing. And I think this is cool or I think it's artistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think all those things. I think all those things. I, um, and also, you know, there's a lot of decisions that go into mm-hmm. making a movie. And some people are probably, first off, choosy or choosier. If you look at the amount of movies I've made, you know, you probably could never accuse me of being choosy. Um, <laughs> and I think that uh, um, some people have the ability to kind of um, create a certain mystery around themselves and their career and their choices, which I was never really able to do. And I also think that, you know, my, I would see things that I thought were interesting, but I really didn't. And to this day, probably don't have a real eye on the commercial and some people mm. have a real sense of that and also a real sense of, of our our industry you know for i'm much more industry savvy or and i've taught myself like everything else it takes takes work but i've taught myself and started to read and and think about you know the, the entertainment industry as something that is my bread and butter and something that i do but but when i was younger for, or for many years, I mean, probably way into my forties, you know, I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a businessman. That's not what I do. You know, I'm not, I'm not a brand, but right. This is the word we use now all mm-hmm. the time. Um, I, I, I'm not a, uh, I don't, I'm not a, a guy in a, in a back room smoking a cigar, making a deal. I'm, I'm an artist, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't think about, I don't want to think about these things. I want to just, do my work. I don't want to be associated with a, a product or, a, you know, try to, you know, sell something. Uh, I would back in, back in the days when I have to remember back in the days when I started, if you were a, a movie actor, you would never do a commercial. Never, really? never, 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 never. You would do a commercial only in Japan or where no one saw it here in the in industry. Europe, <laughs> and, and it had to be, and you could, and back in those days, if it really was there, you really wouldn't see it. You wouldn't wow. see it because there was no, you know, YouTube, there was no internet. There was no, there was, we really wouldn't see it, you know, there was, and you would put that in your, in your contract. And, you know, now, whatever, that's completely turned on its, on its end. Wow. So the, I was, um, I didn't think that way. And, you know, again, I mean, I, I think that if there had been somebody, you know, in my life that I, you know, really uh you know trusted then you know i it it probably would have helped right wow um i'm curious about the the whole fame and success stuff because i'm I'm gonna butcher this quote but i I remember hearing jim carrey talk about something like he wishes everyone becomes rich and famous and realizes it's not the key to happiness i'm Uh paraphrasing this i'm not sure if you've heard this quote from him um what do you, what do you what do people need to know if they're chasing a goal or dream that is about money, fame, success? What do they really need to know about how to navigate 
still feeling happy, fulfilled, loved, and not just, oh, I'm successful and famous, but I'm also fulfilled. What I would say about, well, first off, I think that fame and celebrity and wealth are kind of two different things because there's a lot of people that have a lot of money that would never, somebody would never ask for a picture in a restaurant, mm -hmm. right? Um, so does that money make them happy? No. I mean, obviously not. You, you know, people are unhappy all the time. You know, marriages don't work, whatever, the addiction or or personal misery. Um, I, I don't think it hurts necessarily. I mean, I know people who have said to me, they've, they've, they've been at some point in their life where they've had some kind of windfall and they, they said, yeah, I'm genuinely happier because I got some money in the bank. And listen, I think it's important. The pursuit of uh, wanting to provide or to um, feel comfortable is not something to be ashamed of that, you know, that's, that was really part of mm -hmm. part. That was the, that was the biggest thing that, I think I broke away from when it came to my parents. Right. Um, your mom had shame around that. Both, Well, both of them, I think, in their mm -hmm. own ways did. They really did. Uh, but I don't think that money is the key to happiness. I think that it is a... that um, You have to find something outside of your money mm -hmm. to... Um, to you know to to enjoy uh time whatever that is time with your family obviously is the one that i like or or with animals or or with or with nature or with mm -hmm. friends with good friends you know with 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 friends that are friends uh whether the money is there or not you know what sure. i mean now when it comes to fame nobody can really understand it until you've actually had it. And I think there's two kinds of actors, actors who want to be famous and liars. You become an actor because you want to be famous. Mm. You you want people <laughs> to look at you. You want to perform to people. Otherwise, you would do something where you would just stay in your room. But right. that's we got no attention. Do. Yeah, we didn't yes, get attention. We got yeah. no attention, right. Now, that being that's said, there's a lot of people that, work hard, get there, and then go, whoa, I don't like this at all. You know what I mean? What I will say about it is the thing about fame is that, is it weird? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's every time you're going to step outside, if you're not in your room, you will be looked at related to you know, judged um, uh, as something of a novelty mm. of a, of a, you know, it's, it's almost like a being like a, like of a freakish nature, you know, mm. where, uh, but the thing I will say about it is that it's 99% good. Like all day long, you talk about being loved and I know that it's not true love, Mm -hmm. But all day, all day long, people say, Kev, oh, I love you. 
it happened, you know, 20 minutes ago, we were on the road and someone's, you know, I stopped at a rest stop and, and, you know, the one, this woman goes, oh, I'm sorry, but I, I just, I just love you. Now, when you think about that, if that happens to you a lot in the course of your day, it's, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. People are nice. To, people are nice to you for reasons that you don't deserve. You know, I mean, it's just it. So to complain, I would never complain too much about being famous. Number one, because I have no one to blame but myself. Mm. I busted my my whole life so that I could be famous. And number two, because it's mostly good. Right. Yeah. People give you free (laughs) all the time. They they give you hugs. They give you high fives. They say, I love you. Exactly. Yeah. It's probably exactly. it's probably 95 99% amazing and then 1% inconvenient at certain times is what it sounds like for you at least. What is the what's the dark side of fame that you've either experienced personally maybe from the last, you know, 3 plus decades or from what you've experienced of friends, acquaintances, you know, people that you've worked with? Yeah. Oh yeah, I th- I I think that there is there certainly are very very serious risks to it and i think all you have to do is is you know look at someone who started at the same time that i did and and there's a lot of what i say you know the terrible word but there's a lot of roadkill there's a lot of people that have just gone off the rails or disappeared or gone into drug addiction or gone into uh uh you know some kind of scandals or 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 um depression or or whatever or not even alive you know i mean there's a lot of it's it uh there's a lot of people that have a have a real kind of difficult time with it for for those reasons i think because partly it's it's um it's not it's it doesn't it's just a weird life and and you start to wonder if any of these things that people are saying to you, like I love you or or mm. or I I whatever are are real and 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 if you don't have the real stuff going as well, you can just kind of get caught up on it. I mean, I think that, you know, you e- even the world of movies, we live in this while we're making a film, we live in this kind of fantasy world where we're trying to exactly create another world Mm -hmm. um the sets are made to feel as real as possible the props are made to real feel as real as possible you're holding something that feels like a gun in your hand you know you're 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 kissing a you know a, a, a beautiful woman that that you know probably in life never would even look twice at you you know you're you're um you're you're riding a horse you know across the, the the desert and it's an actual desert and an actual horse and i think that you can get really kind of confused mm. about what life is when you go from one fantasy situation to another to another to another you start to believe that you know the person that plays your best friend actually is your best friend with wow. no idea that that the movie is going to end someday Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. 
assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And then when that movie ends and when that friendship ends, you start to feel like, oh, like, who am I? Like, that's kind of weird, right? That that I that I went that far. Am I that shallow a person? But then you're on to the next movie. And then, you know, you got another world and, and then you got, you know, somebody else is is are playing your parents and you, you, you know, you feel like. Wow you know, they, they feel like your parents and then you go, wait a second, my parents, you know, so, so I think that you, you, it's very easy that, and also, uh, I think that once the fame kicks in, a lot of people start to, you know, you imagine those inconveniences that they start to isolate themselves mm -hmm. from, um, uh, from everyday people, you, you know, the, the gates on your house get bigger. You're no longer taking the subway. You're jumping in and out of limousines. Um, you start to hang out with other famous people because you, because you have a shared experience. Therefore you, 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 um, you know, you feel more comfortable, like, like being with them. You can look around the room and, and, you know, hypothesize that nobody is there because they want something from you. And I think that as a result, you can just fall into traps and and um, just kind of lose touch. I also think that can be be very detrimental to your acting uh, because, you know, what we are tasked to do is at least this, what I am tasked to do is so often is to play an everyman. I don't get I'm, I, I don't play movie stars. I mean, once in a while I do. Um 
I don't, you know, once in a while I play somebody famous once in a while I play somebody rich, but, but mostly I, I, you know, I play regular guys. So right. if I, if I, if I don't have any chance in my life to interact with, um, you know, regular people, I think you can lose touch with what that is. That's probably why I saw you at that deli one day, 12 years ago, just out, out <laughs> with the people, you know, um, this is this is fascinating. Everything you just shared for me is really fascinating to hear your perspective. I'm so I'm so glad you're opening up about this. And one of the things I heard, I heard in this was kind of around identity. Is you're always shifting or morphing identities, you know, and the more successful actor you are, you've got three movies a year or whatever it is. Yep. So, over the last 3 plus decades and all the roles you've played, um you've had to step into a fantasy world like you mentioned and mm -hmm. play a character and have a different identity than your own core identity. How do you and how have you kept your core values and your core identity even while playing other parts over the last three plus decades and not let it diminish your light, diminish your confidence, diminish your values, diminish your connections, your your family relationships, all these different things? You got to learn how to le leave your work at the office for one thing. Mm. I mean, I, I completely uh, agree with you. That is that is part of the challenge. I mean, the one thing I will start with is that the reason that I became an actor, a big part of it, once I got into the kind of skill and craft piece of it, was so that I could walk in another man's shoes like mm. i didn't want to put kevin up there i still don't i don't think it's um i mean it's kind of fun like in the in the social media piece of it even though it's still at its essence is still kind of a performance like who i am once you know we end this conversation is not exactly who i am even in this conversation interesting you know, it, it's just there is an element of of being a performer that that you have to and and so when it comes to characters i always wanted to play somebody that was different than me someone that was from a different uh cultural kind of background or socioeconomic um upbringing or had a different you know political point of view or was in a different sort of gig than i had you know i mean i've played a bunch of marines and i couldn't make it through 10 minutes of boot camp but the but but the idea to to be able to embody that and understand mm. what that is and make it believable when i put on that uniform has always been the challenge not not to be to be me and when it comes to my own um my own uh uh image i don't really think about that that much like i don't I, in a perfect world i would only let the work ever speak for itself mm. there's a there's a necessity to uh promote the things that you're you're in um you know in this case uh, the podcast you know there's a necessity to uh stay especially in this day and age you know to stay relevant and have have people kind of be aware of who who you are but in a perfect world i would only just play character after character after character 
And when it comes to figuring out and holding on to who you are, I, I wish I had real specific tools, mm. but I would say that I got extremely lucky by uh, meeting a woman who uh, is able, whether she tries to or not, to keep me um, aware of that, to mm. to 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 not believe too much of my legend, but also not beat myself up too much when things aren't I don't feel are are going my way. Wow. And to be able to uh, connect on ways that have nothing to do with the part that I'm playing mm. or that she's playing or with the industry or with whatever, to connect on things like children and mm. our, you know, or animals or conversations over, you know, politics or nothing, taking a walk and holding hands, mm. cooking a meal together. You know, we we cook together all the time. We, I mean, it was, you know, during the lockdown, Jesus, it was like, we we're cooking like, you know, three <laughs> meals a day after a while. I was like, Oh my God, if we have to cook another meal and clean up another meal, I think I'm going to jump out of a window. We don't, but we really love to do that and to share. And we don't even, you know, we, it doesn't even need to be cooked for somebody else. It's just, just for us, you know, mm. but to, I, and I don't, uh, I, I'm just, I just feel so grateful. You know, I really think that you have to have other stuff outside of, you know, your work. Um, that whatever it is, a good book, yoga, med meditation, mm -hmm. um, horseback riding, exercise, um, you know, just whatever, Wordle, I mean, uh, <laughs> watching reality TV, just you know, whatever it happens to be, something that that takes you away from what the what the daily thing was, and that's the same thing as being an actor. I mean, I also have to say that um, it does get to you. You're the parts that I play. Really, I can't. Yeah, I mean, if I'm doing a dark, dark story, I have dark dreams. Oh. I sometimes can come home. And not be able to completely shake off the day's work. Um, I know that it's always kind of there because I know that in the morning I have to, you know, I played, for instance, I've played pedophiles, you know, mm. and I'm I know that in that in the in the that the next day I have to do that again, you know, and and that definitely will mess me up. But the one thing that I'm very very good at is when when the when the film is wrapped. I can say goodbye to that person, that mm. that character, and they can leave my life forever, which is part of the reason why I don't really look back at the movies, you know, because I just feel like that was that guy, mm -hmm. that guy's gone. You know, a lot of people keep um, like props and uh, and uh, you never keep anything. No, nah. really. I really don't. I have some. The one thing I have is like some crew T-shirts, like uh -huh. like like a T-shirt or a hat or something that somebody. But I don't even have that many, but I do have a couple of those. But only because I don't know, give them to you and you just throw them in the basement. 
sure, you know, sure. in a box and and you know uh, so there's some of that lying around but i yeah i want to you move wanna, on you I move, move forward on. yeah yeah move forward yeah i love this conversation about your your wife how long have you guys been together now september 4th it will be 35 years holy cow that's incredible yeah, 35 years yeah um and uh 30 yeah years. and and you know i think we're both super grateful to have each other what is the thing you love the most about your wife uh i would say the thing that is most impressive to me that i've tried to um try to learn a little bit i'm someone who makes a decision and just like like stays i don't like to change the plan right mm -hmm. it's like if i make a plan then i don't <laughs> like to change it my wife is very happy to change she's very she embraces change all the time <laughs> like she changes her clothes like eight times a day like she'll have on uh, countless outfits not because she has that many clothes but just because she's got a sleeping outfit then the uh i'm gonna have the coffee outfit <laughs> then i'm gonna work, work out, out outfit, outfit. <laughs> the lunch outfit is definitely not the dinner outfit wow and and it's then it's also then then there's this thing that her her and my daughter call the grout fit which is when you put on a gray like gray sweats uh so it's a gray outfit so they call it a grout fit <laughs> and it's for watching um television and that's not the same as the sleeping outfit. Then it's back to the sleeping outfit. So, so she—that's just a metaphor for change. She changes her mind, and you know, at first I was like, "Wow, she changes her mind a lot." Uh, but I really think it's a good—I think it's a good quality to have. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at politicians, there are, there are a lot of times someone goes after them because they've had one opinion, and then they have a different one. You know, you didn't have the same opinion about mm -hmm. this. You know, in 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 you know, 2013, you said this. I think to myself, that's great. I mean, I don't want somebody in office who's not going to change their mind. The information is changing all the time. Mm -hmm. You get new information, you change your mind. I mean, that like like that's just lunacy to me. That that's that like that that's a, a negative. I think that uh, you know, learning over the last few years me too black lives matter a lot of things that that um a lot of information that is has come to us is information that where you go oh okay i kind of thought this but now i have a different point of view now i've kind of started to see things through somebody else's eyes and maybe i don't feel in the same way that i would about that maybe i'm going to stop you know, saying things in that way, or maybe somebody reads something and they decide to stop eating meat or they decide to start eating meat or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, okay, you know, change, change is good. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if you don't, if you're not changing, um, then you're dying, you know, that's what I think. Hmm. And I think that uh, my wife is very, very, she, she's constantly, um, I mean, she's constantly working on herself. Yeah, that's know? beautiful. And that's not something that I, you know, that I, <laughs> that comes that easily to me, 
you know and so i i admire that a lot about her that's beautiful um i've got two final questions for you but before i ask them i want to talk about some of the projects that you've got working on right now you've got a you've got a new podcast that you're coming out with where you're going to be interviewing some other friends of yours some other people that have done some incredible things um can you share a little bit more about this and sure yeah six degrees dot yeah six org was was a, a foundation that i started um many many years ago based on uh the the game six degrees of kevin bacon uh it was really about connections between people it was about trying to highlight celebrities and the good work that some of them are doing and this podcast is something that we eventually you know is a just a reach recent kind of extension of of this organization that's been raising money and doing all kinds of things for all kinds of charities across the board for many many years and i thought that it would be interesting to sit down uh with people who uh, i many of whom have worked with or have crossed paths with but some of whom i haven't people from acting and and music and sports and all kinds of basically famous people who also have organizations or charities or causes that they care very, very deeply about. And to spend the first part of the podcast discussing uh, just their lives. And the second part of the podcast, bringing in the unsung heroes that run these foundations Mm. for them and talking to them both about the thing that they're involved with, whatever it happens to be, but also talking about what inspires somebody to uh, not pursue a life of fame and fortune, but to Mm. pursue a life of giving back. Wow. I mean, that to me is fascinating because it's so far from my, my, what, what drove me into this, you know, and, and a life of service. Yeah. A life of of service. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, so that's, um, and 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 what you find out in these things is that, you know, I think we write off celebrities often because you think, well, if the, if they're doing anything of a charitable nature, it's just to you know make them look good or make their mm-hmm. brand look good or whatever that happens to be. But that's not really true. There's a lot of people that care very deeply about a lot of the things that they're right. doing and are involved with. And I think that in in some way, I kind of wanted to to highlight that so it's it's lively and it's fun but it also has a uh you know kind of a serious piece to it that's cool and they can they can listen watch hear it where, where can they go to hear all that it's on iheart or wherever you get your podcasts yeah six degrees.org as well six de- yeah six degrees with kevin bacon yeah it's great yeah, or and six degrees.org yeah probably six degrees.org will also have links too yeah for sure six degrees with kevin bacon i'm excited about that uh and i saw that you've got matthew mcconaughey on there and that we've had him on the show a couple of times and i asked him about i asked him about relationships and i asked him about some of these similar questions so i'm excited to see what you guys talk about as well and uh, he's, I, he's, a, he's a great interview isn't he matthew he's great yeah he's so <laughs> he, much fun you remind me a lot like him though you guys are very open-hearted you're very generous with your your stories, your knowledge, your wisdom. So I'm, I'm, you know, you remind me a lot. Of, he's got a great, well. he's got a great turn of phrase, though. He really does. He's, he, he's, it was, he was a lot of fun to talk to. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to listen to that one. I want everyone to go check it out, subscribe, listen as well. Um, this is a question I asked. So I got my two final questions for you. Again, I appreciate your time. This is a question I ask everyone at the end. It's called uh, the three truths. So imagine a hypothetical scenario. You get to live as long as you want. 
you know, the longevity experts have figured out how to extend our lives for as long as we want. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's the last day. And you get to create and experience and make anything you want to continue to make for the rest of your life. Um, but for whatever reason, in this hypothetical scenario, you've got to take all of your work with you. This conversation is gone. Your your podcast is gone. All the movies you've made and music and content, for whatever reason, we don't have access anymore. But you get to leave behind three lessons or what I like to call three truths from all of your experiences. And this is all we have to really be remembered of you, of this content. What would those three truths be for you? Hmm. Take care of each other. Hmm. Take care of the planet. And floss. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You're the second person who said floss. <laughs> Out of 10 years of interviews, uh, you know, over a thousand interviews, you're the second person that said floss to me. Who was, I'm curious. Who was the other one? <laughs> um, it was a doctor, actually, um, and I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's written a, New York, a couple of New York Times bestselling books. I'm, it's going to come to me, but he he said to floss, and that was one of his three final things to leave to the world if you could not remember anything else. I'm curious, why why floss for you? Oh, I don't know just dumb i mean it just you know they always, they just say that it's it's it is very very important for health i mean i guess it's actually just a it's just kind of a metaphor for taking care of your your own self it is own, it is yeah that's great now i wish i would have flossed much younger i think i waited until i was like in my 20s and i regretted it and now i do it like religiously and i i, I feel the difference so i think it's it's smart um kevin i want to acknowledge you for the incredible career you've had the uh the incredible gift you've given to the world with 30 plus years of artistry with your uh, energy, your passion, your ability to connect with people, whether it's with me in this interview, whether it's on screen, on stages, uh, you know, on social media, your, your command, your charisma, your charm, and your confidence, even when things aren't going your way, uh, is inspiring to watch. And uh, I appreciate and acknowledge you for constantly showing up with your artistry, with all the different ups and downs in your life and and giving with your talent. So I'm really grateful for you and for being here. I want people to go again, check out Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon. Make sure to check that out, sixdegrees.org to learn more about that as well. And my final question is, what is your definition of greatness? I think, Staying true to who you are, you know, um, and 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 hanging in there, you know. There's a lot to be said for just surviving. I think. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's show with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me, as well as ad-free listening experience, make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel on Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend over on social media or text a friend. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcast and let me know what you learned over on our social media channels at Lewis 
house. I really love hearing the feedback from you and it helps us continue to make the show better. And if you want more inspiration from our world-class guests and content to learn how to improve the quality of your life, then make sure to sign up for the Greatness Newsletter and get it delivered right to your inbox over at greatness.com slash newsletter. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.